0: as followers of Jesus to be walking with Jesus today? How does that change how we live in our world? And so this morning, we're going to start in Mark chapter 2. We will be, at the end of it, we're going to look at two different stories that um, touch on the same topic. They happen back to back, and they both look at encounters Jesus had with people on the Sabbath. Um, But before um, we do that, I just want to open us in prayer. Father, Son, and Spirit, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Um, Thank you for your Son. Just ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to you this morning, that you might speak to us, that we might learn more about what it means to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 2, um, we'll be starting in verse 23. If you're using the digital version, there's the QR code that you can scan, and that will have all of our Bible verses and some notes for this morning. Um, but Mark chapter 2, verse 23. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look. Look. Why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was not made to meet the needs of the people. I'm sorry, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And then on into chapter 3. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Jesus made them so angry that they immediately went away and began to plot how they could kill him. And we, as modern-day Americans, might not understand the gravity of what the Pharisees were trying to accuse Jesus of, this working on the Sabbath. You know, for us, Sunday, we come to church, and then maybe we... Go home and watch some football or do some laundry. Um, this notion of the Sabbath is not ingrained in our culture the way it was um, for the first century Jewish community, where something as simple as picking a head of grain could be considered working and breaking the Sabbath. And so I want to take a minute and talk about what the Sabbath meant to the Jewish community so that we can better understand these encounters that Jesus is having on the Sabbath. Um, Observing the Sabbath is, is one of the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses when he was up on the mountain. It's part of that covenant that God made with Israel. In Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, this is when God is speaking to Moses. He said, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So God commanded the people of Israel to... Keep the Sabbath day as holy. And a few chapters later in Exodus 35, verses 2 and 3, it says, again, that you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works on that day must be put to death. You must not even light a fire in any of your homes on the Sabbath. Okay, I had the same reaction when I was reading this. Well, okay, let's step back here. You work on the Sabbath and you're going to be put to death. That's, that's rough. And I had to wrestle through that a bit this week. Um, And we're going to come back to that, I promise. But for now, let's just acknowledge that working on the Sabbath in the Jewish community was not just some minor thing. It was a big deal with very serious consequences to accuse someone of working on the Sabbath. And you might be asking, though, like, how is picking... Ahead of grain, how does that work? Like That doesn't really take a lot of effort. And the, the thing is, because the consequence for working on the Sabbath was so serious, the, the Jewish community and the rabbis started coming up with this li- these lists of what does it mean to work, right? We want to make sure that we're not doing any work on the Sabbath because we don't want to die. And so they eventually identified 39 different kinds of things that are work that you're not allowed to do on the Sabbath. You, no sowing and reaping, so no picking those heads of grain, no kneading, no baking, no washing, no riding, no building, you can't travel, you can't buy or sell things. There's just this whole list of things because it's, they wanna make sure they're not doing anything that's work, right? You have to be extra careful. It's meant to be a complete stop of anything that could be thought of as work. Um, the Jewish word for a Sabbath is a Shabbat, which means to cease, to stop, right? So they want to stop anything that might even be interpreted as work and spend that day as a holy day, resting from their labor, dedicating that day to, the, to God, because the Sabbath is meant to be a day of complete rest. And that's, that's a culture that Jew, that Jesus and his disciples grew up in. They weren't unfamiliar with the Sabbath. They knew all the rules that went with the Sabbath, And yet here we find them on the Sabbath, walking through a grain field, picking heads of grain. And clearly the Pharisees were watching them closely, following along behind them, because as soon as they start doing that, they're like, hey, Jesus, Jesus, wait, wait, look, look what your disciples are doing. They're breaking the law. They're harvesting on the Sabbath. Why are you letting your disciples do that? And how did Jesus respond? Well, he didn't walk it back. He didn't say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I I will make them stop that right away. We don't want them to break the law. But he also, he didn't double down. He didn't say, well, the Sabbath doesn't matter because I'm here now and they can do whatever they want. What does he do? He tells them a story about King David, a story that the Pharisees would have been very familiar with. He said, hey, you know, remember that time that David broke the law too and he ate that bread that he wasn't supposed to eat? Um... Why would Jesus tell them that story? Because I think he wanted to point out to them their hypocrisy. David is a pillar of Jewish history. He is the great king of history. He is the one whose line will lead to the Messiah. And he is a man after God's own heart. And the Pharisees had no problem with David. But here, so David's allowed to to break the law when it suits him. And the Pharisees are allowed to nitpick their way around the law when it suits them, right? Jesus is pointing out their hypocrisy. They obey the letter of the law of the Sabbath when it's convenient for them, when it solidifies their power and their control, and they make the exceptions when they want to, when it suits them, when it suits their narrative. And he's showing them yeah, you understand the letter of the law of the Sabbath, but you're missing the spirit of the Sabbath. You're focused on the law and the rules. And Jesus says to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. People were not made to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. We we see the same response from him in that second encounter, right? He goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath, We don't know if it's the same Sabbath or a different one, but again, the Pharisees are following him around, looking for an excuse to accuse him of something. And what does Jesus do? He does exactly what they wanted him to do. They were waiting for him to heal the guy, and he heals the guy. But he does it in a way where they can't do anything because if they accuse him, they reveal their own hypocrisy because he asks them straight up, is this a day for good or is this a day for for evil? What is the heart of the Sabbath? What is the whole point of all of this? Is it to meet these checklists of things to do, or is it something more than that? And the Pharisees are stuck. They can't accuse him because they know if they say, oh, well, you broke the Sabbath by healing that man, then the Sabbath is nothing. It's just a list of rules. Uh, And so they don't answer him. And Jesus gets angry but he doesn't just get angry he is also deeply saddened because of their hard hearts right they know in their hearts (laughs) jesus is right they know what they've done but if they admit that jesus is right if they admit that the sabbath is not just this checklist of things to do then they have to admit that they have no power, that they are not the ones that are in control. Because if the Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath, then that means they are not Lord over the Sabbath. They have no power to define their own righteousness or control the apparent righteousness of others. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people Jesus is trying to point them back to not what is the Sabbath, but why. Why did God mandate that they observe the Sabbath? What is it all for? Stop focusing so much on defining any little thing that might be work and stop and ask yourself, why is God asking us to take a break from work in the first place? Back to the command to observe the Sabbath, In the six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath. Because on the seventh day, God rested. It's pointing everyone back to the beginning, back to Genesis 2. Genesis 2, 2 and 3 says, But by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The practice of the Sabbath is meant to remind us of that seventh day of creation where God was done with all the work of creating all the good things and God rested and was simply present in his creation. Been listening to a very long podcast series by the Bible Project. It's like 13 or 14 episodes, and I'm only like three or four episodes in, but talking about the Sabbath. And they're talking, they talk about this seventh day where God's entire presence simply filled his creation. He was done creating, and he just simply existed in creation with his creation in perfect harmony and goodness and abundance. And with the Sabbath, God is reminding his people that this life right now that we're living, this is not what we were created for. The constant work, toil, struggle, everything that we have to just fight for, it feels like that was a consequence of our sin. That's not what he created us for. We were meant to live in the abundance of God's creation. We were meant to rule and reign over that creation with God as his children We're meant to rest in his provision, in his abundance, and not strive constantly for what feels like just to survive, just to get to the next day. Um, I told you we'd get back to that whole, break the Sabbath and you get to die. (laughs) So Adam and Eve are in the garden with God. God creates everything, and on that seventh day, he rested, and he's in community with Adam and Eve, living in that perfect relationship what to Adam and Eve do? They choose to reject it. They are given a choice, and they choose to eat of the fruit and say, we want to define good and evil for ourselves. We want to know things. We want to be in control of our own destiny. And, and what happened as a result? Death came into the mm-hmm. world. And this is the very real symbolism that's built into the law about the Sabbath. God is reminding us that we have a choice. We can choose to live in God's kingdom, to observe the Sabbath in remembrance of the fact that it's not our way that we are living. We are living God's kingdom way. We can choose to accept his provision and his rest by remembering why we were created, or we can choose our own way. We can choose to live outside God's order. We can choose to strive for power and control over our own lives, but the only thing that that ever leads to is death. Okay? Adam and Eve chose to forsake the provision of God and to grasp at that control for themselves, and the consequence was death. The consequence of putting ourselves in the place of God is always death. The Pharisees saw the Sabbath as a tool for power and control, something that they could use to manipulate people into behaving the way they thought they should behave, and to cast judgment and to say, well, these people are righteous and these people are not righteous. And I think we would be wise to reflect on our own lives and ask ourselves, where. What are those areas in my life? Where am I trying to maintain control or exert control? Where am I refusing to give up control to God because it would cost me something? Jesus' response to the Pharisees is to remind them that the Sabbath was not made so that people could have that checklist to fulfill and behaviors to conform to. The Sabbath was made to remind us that we... Were created for so much more than this. It was created to meet the needs of the people. And what is it that we need? Deep down at the core of who we are, what is it that we need? We need to be in the presence of God. We need to be in relationship with God. And that Sabbath exists to remind us of Eden and that time when we were in perfect relationship with God. But even more than that, it's meant to point us to the hope of the future and say that, this is not the way it's always going to be. Jesus is going to come again, and all things will be made new, and everything will be set right, and we will live in a never-ending Sabbath of God's rest and provision. Right? We can choose to continue living a life of constant toil and struggle for control, working for power, for money, for love, for fame, for whatever it is, or we can choose to surrender our lives to Jesus to surrender control of our lives to God and to rest in him. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Sometimes the Sabbath feels... Inconvenient. Um, I know for me personally, I feel like it's impossible to fit everything I need to do into seven days of the week. So, how am I going to do it all in six days? Right? But it has to, it changes the way you think. When you have to fo- focus your life into those six days and remember that there's that seventh day, it shifts the focus from the work to the rest, right? It costs you something to follow Jesus. It's, it's not something that you can just work into the inner spaces of your life. It's going to cost you something to follow Jesus, to center your life, not around yourself, but around God and around his kingdom and to make your entire focus of your week be on him and not yourself. And... I know for me, (laughs) that feels impossible a lot of the times. Um, You can just ask my husband how good I am at giving up control of things. But but that's an exhausting way to live when you're constantly trying to do everything on your own power and to control a world that's out of your control and will never be in your control. And Jesus says, just let it go. Give it to me and here, take on my yoke, which is, Rest and trust in the provision of God and to say that I don't need to be in control. I don't need to constantly strive because I believe in a God who loves me and a God who provides for me and a God who wants the best for me and I don't need to be in control. And so I'm gonna ask Calvin and Ellie to come on back up and I'm just I'm gonna take a minute and give you a bit of a, a challenge sometime this week, to sit down and ask yourself two questions. Question one, what areas, of, what areas of my life am I trying to maintain control over? I know that most of us probably don't observe a Sabbath the traditional way, but what areas of my life am I ref- making into that checklist? Am I trying to maintain control over so that I don't have to give up That power. And then secondly, what would Sabbath rest look like in my life? It it might feel impossible to observe a Sabbath where you have a whole day where you don't work. But I want to challenge you to think about that. Think about what it would look like if you were to take an entire day and dedicate it to God. And cease from the striving, cease from the working, and simply remember who God is and why he created you. And maybe give it a try and see what difference that makes in your life and in your soul, in your relationships, when you're not focusing so much on you and you start to focus on God and his kingdom, and how he is inviting you into that, into the restful way of living when you live for God. Father, we thank you for your rest, for your goodness. We just pray that, Spirit, you would give us insight and the strength to turn away from our own way and to follow your way, which is so much better than our way. Amen. I'm gonna continue in worship and then Sean will be up to close us out.